Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first of several bonus episodes for season one of Producing the Beatles. I'm calling these bonus episodes because I want to step outside of our regular format and try something a little different with these. This time, we'll take our first look into the world of the solo Beatles catalog with the recording of John Lennon's song, Love, from his 1970 album, John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. We talk a lot about the process of music production on this podcast, but by 1970, John was rejecting what had become standard Beatle practice. Rather than constructing a meticulously produced master by building up arrangements with layers of overdubs, John was more interested in capturing a soulful live performance. The one thing that did carry over from late period Beatles studio practice was the tendency to keep the tape rolling while working through arrangements meaning that what were essentially rehearsals were all captured on tape. Because of the association with primal therapy and the subject matter of the songs, John Lennon Plastic Ono Band has always come off as a very heavy, introspective album. This is a collection of grand statements on universal human concerns, like Mother and God, but the recording sessions weren't nearly as serious as the finished album suggests. John famously valued feeling over precision, and there's a looseness in these recordings that reveals how he would try different approaches to the songs in order to find just the right way of presenting them. So yeah, if, if we can get in a mood together over a couple of days or something, I want to do them all like this, you know, and if I can just get sort of relaxed and maybe sing it all right. We'll try this one now. You can, so you can practice chords and everything, you know, just the D one now. So I'm just going to go where my mood takes. The music was just as elemental as the writing, with John on piano or guitar, Ringo on drums, and Klaus Vormann on bass. The overdubs are minimal, and production in this case was more a matter of delivering the best performance and then mixing the songs to have a certain sound. Like the rest of the album, John recorded Love almost entirely live, but that doesn't mean the song didn't require considerable effort to capture on tape. Today, We'll chart the development of the song from home demo all the way to finished recording. We'll sample the session tapes, and we'll hear how the arrangement took shape as John struggled to find the right way to express the song, and then, with producer Phil Spector's help, how he finally reached the master take. So join us as we look at the creation of John Lennon's song Love on this episode of Producing the Beatles. Solution. In March 1970, Arthur Janov had dispatched a copy of his book, Primal Therapy, The Cure for Neurosis, to John. And at the Lennon's request, the psychologist and his wife, Vivian, flew to England to begin treatment with John and Yoko at the couple's Tittenhurst Park estate 
west of London. Janov's approach to therapy was to break through his clients' emotional defenses until they could access pain that had been repressed since childhood. That process would lead to what Janov called the primal scream, which, in his estimation, served to release that pain. That April, John and Yoko flew to Los Angeles to continue their treatment with the Janovs, and as John gained new insight into his own emotional makeup, he finished the songs for what would become his first post-Beatles album. He taped simple acoustic and electric guitar demos during the spring and early summer, and by late September, having returned to England, John was ready to go into Abbey Road Studios to begin recording. Back in January, John had worked with producer Phil Spector on the recording of Instant Karma. And in March, George Harrison mentioned in an interview that Spector would be producing John's next album. John himself confirmed this in April, while he also praised Spector's work on the mixes for the Beatles' Let It Be album. But come September, when the sessions began, Spector was nowhere to be found. He'd spent the summer working closely with George producing the sessions for All Things Must Pass. But once the second phase of recording on that album began, as George obsessed over his guitar and vocal overdubs, Spector lost focus, and for the first time in his life, out of what he said later was boredom, he began drinking heavily. He soon became unreliable, at one point even falling and injuring his arm at a recording session. By August, he was back in Los Angeles, and in an August 19th letter to George, where Spectre discussed the progress on All Things Must Pass, he concluded by saying, quote, These notes were written just before I left for my treatment. I hope they make sense. By the time John was ready to record, Spectre was still absent. Rather than delay the sessions, Yoko assumed the role of co-producer and provided feedback from the control room. That was a gooner. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it was nice. What? It was just going very well. I know. Maybe you can cut it together. Yeah, that was very good, wasn't it? Remember that one. Yeah, remember those bits, we'll keep them. What went wrong? As they laid down recordings at the first few sessions, John made an attempt to get Spectre's attention by placing a full-page ad in the October 3rd edition of a number of American trade magazines. Billboard, Cashbox, and Variety all carried the same simple message in bold type centered on the page. Phil! John is ready this weekend! While waiting to hear from Spectre, they continued to record. The spirit of spontaneity often resulted in the run-through of one tune while formally recording another. For example, during the October 9th session for God, which featured Billy Preston on second piano, John and the band took a rehearsal pass at Love. Before the end of this session, Spectre finally arrived at the studio. 
On the previous dates, John, Klaus, and Ringo had already committed Mother, Well, 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 I Found Out, Hold On John, Isolation, and Remember to Tape. With Phil now in the control room, they were finally able to capture the master take of God. On October 15th, John, accompanying himself only on acoustic guitar, began to formally record what was then called Love is Real. Yoko was apparently filling the role of producer once again, as Spectre's voice is an audible on the tape. The feel of these takes is quite similar to the home demo John had taped earlier that spring. Love is real Real is love Love is feeling Feeling love He's playing a resonator guitar here, not a regular acoustic guitar and he stumbles a bit before he gets through a full performance. By the fifth take, Yoko seems uncertain of his approach. Should I? After take six, John tries a couple of takes with a different guitar. Love is reaching Reaching love. <laughs> I was thinking about me bum guitar note. Love is real. But he's still not satisfied. It's a bit stiff. Oh, it's when I get into this guitar, it's too stiff for this one, you see. See, the, could you give me the other guitar, Yoko? See, uh, look. This little guitar is easier to play, so I don't have to think of the, hind, the, the bass notes so much. After yet another take breaks down, he tries a different approach. Wasn't very good. I just can't get in this mood, you see, this... Uh... Love is free. He gives it one more shot, halfway between strumming and plucking, before calling it a day. With Ringo and Klaus excused from the session, John returned to the song on October 19th, and this time, Spectre is not only present, but he's joined John in the studio playing piano. As tape rolls, it's clear they've already done a bit of rehearsal. Tell us what the piano on that sounds like, Yoko. It sounds nice to me. Two, three, four. Love is real Real is love Love is wanting, feeling Yeah, can you do that? See, that's the only reason Yeah, those bits Love is real, real is Love is feeling, feeling love. Love is wanting. No, go, go, do my wanting. 
Spectre begins with a very simple accompaniment, and he's apparently still learning the chords. How's it sound? Shitty. Come on. <laughs> and while it's difficult to hear what Yoko is saying in the headphones, by John's responses, it's clear she's giving Phil direction on his piano part. <laughs> Come on. Come on, he's playing the right bits, all right. We'll overdub it then, all right? No, because we'll probably get a feel for it if they can get it. Oh, yeah, she means that. Okay, should we take one? Yeah, let him just be natural and we'll come and listen. Sam and the Blue Funk Riders present Love, take one. On the next take, take 13, the general sound of the song is beginning to take shape, even if it's still a little rough. Love is you. Then, to ease the tension a bit, they blow off some steam. Let's go. A couple of takes later, Spectre spontaneously plays an instrumental version of the melody. John encourages this development, and they try a few more times. Just before take 20, Spectre suggests repeating the instrumental passage at the end of the song. Fuck up at the end. Yeah, it's the living, living love you think it's the end there. Never mind. Maybe we should go back to the end. When? After the... Living love to be loved. Okay, do you want to copy the words there? but he's having a hard time remembering exactly what to play. Oh, fuck. 22. 23. Are we taking this? Every golden moment. Come on. After a respectable take with the arrangement seemingly set, John switches back to resonator guitar, which he now plugs in. This leads to a brief busk on an old Elvis tune from 1959. Well, you don't like crazy music. You don't like rock and band. You just want to go to a movie show. 
show Sit there holding hands You're so square Then John gives love another go. Love is tut, touch is love. Love is reaching, reaching. I don't think this guitar, it puts me off. <laughs> Once again, John swapped guitars, choosing to use his acoustic for the balance of the session. To be loved, love is you. It's too slow. I can't, hey, stop the fucking uh. John and Spectre continue to rack up takes before Yoko stops them and instructs Phil to simplify his accompaniment. Do you mean the fills? <laughs> Breathing. Yeah. Leave it out. Okay. Sure. All right. So you just want a regular? Yes. Okay, I won't play that. Finally, on take 37, with a slightly faster tempo, they get a keeper. Love is free. Free is love. Love is living. Living love. That last one was very good, I thought. Shall we listen? From here, John overdubbed a second vocal, and they copied the piano intro to repeat at the end, just as Spectre had suggested earlier. When John spoke to Rolling Stone for his Marathon Lennon Remembers interview in December, Jan Winner asked him to characterize the difference between working with George Martin and working with Phil Spector. What, why do you use Phil now instead of George Martin? Uh, well, it's not instead of George Martin. I would not use anybody mm-hmm. rather than use George Martin or something like that. That's nothing personal against George Martin. He just uh, doesn't... He's more Paul's style of music than mine. You know? It's a drag to do both, you know. To go in the, in, in the, the recording studio, it's simple as that. You go in there and then you've got to run back and say, did you get it, you know. Did Phil, make, did Phil make any special contributions? Well, Phil, yes, yes, because uh, Phil's, I believe, is a great artist. Well, like all great artists, he's very neurotic, you know? But we'd done quite a few tracks together, Yoko and I, and she'd been encouraging me in the other room and all that, and we were just lagging, and Phil moved in and brought in a new life to, to, to because we were getting heavy, we'd done a few stuff, a few things, you know? And the the thrill of recording had worn off a little. (laughs) 
While Spectre had actively shaped the sound of the Instant Karma single, his role here was primarily in mixing and helping manage the sessions he attended. As we heard, Yoko's contributions were significant, but while Spectre's touch as a producer here is minimal, his sensitive performance on Love helped bring the arrangement into focus. On John's next album, Spectre would have more of an opportunity to produce, and he and John would continue to collaborate intermittently over the next few years. Thanks for listening. This episode of Producing the Beatles was co-written with John Lennon historian Chip Mattinger. Be sure to check out Chip and his co-author Scott Riley's latest book, Lennonology, Strange Days Indeed, A Scrapbook of Madness. And keep an eye out for the second volume, which will cover John Lennon and Yoko's solo recording sessions. Details on that and Chip's solo Beatles reference, Eight Arms to Hold You, can be found at www.leninology.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PT Beatles, and for more information, including show notes and references, be sure to visit our website, producingthebeatles.com. You can also find our email there if you have questions or comments. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to rate us on iTunes and let everyone know about us every way you can. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to us using your favorite podcast platform. Thank you. Uh, I didn't like that. Stop the tape. <laughs>